Welcome to Education Today, where we'll explore what is possible in education today by covering everything from cool tech to sound pedagogy infused with teacher stories, sprinkled with a little fun, and filled with inspiration from around the globe. I'm your host, Scott Nunes, and this is Education Today. Welcome to this pilot episode of Education Today. I'm your host, Scott Nunes. Now, before we get started with today's guest, Monica Burns, I want to just kind of give everyone some background. Like, why, why am I doing this? Why do I feel called to start another podcast? I have one already with my co-host, Matthew Ketchum, called the TNT EdTech Podcast. And I'm finding myself wanting to go deeper and deeper on some of these topics, but not really having um, the right kind of podcast for it. And rather than, you know, burden the TNT EdTech podcast with uh, my harebrained ideas, I thought, you know what, I'm just going to kind of test this out. So uh, don't hesitate to give me any feedback. Probably the best place is on Twitter at Mr. Noon's Teach. Um, and you can also do so uh, via voice message on the Anchor app. And if you like what you hear today and on the other episodes that I'll be releasing soon after, then uh, go ahead and give me a great review on Apple Podcasts so that others can uh, follow me as well. And at the time of this episode dropping, we're in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic, which is just totally changed and uh, revolutionized the way we approach e-learning. I'll be honest, it's been a tough time for me, especially since I'm transitioning into a new position as a tech coach, going from an ELA classroom at the secondary level to that has been a challenge trying to find a workflow and then doing all of this uh, amidst the pandemic. And so I've had to hit the ground running and learn a lot. Uh, I am so thankful for the staff at my current district, Modesto City Schools, for having a great plan and including me and allowing me to have a voice and participate within that plan. Uh, I'm so amazed at what we were able to accomplish in a short amount of time. We were able to host 100 webinars plus in just eight days, and we've continued to offer webinars but have slowed that synchronous learning and we've gone more to asynchronous and personalized differentiated learning through office hours and uh, that's where I feel like I really shine honestly I like the webinars feel like I did okay with the asynchronous courses mapping those out but uh, it's those interactions with people that really get me going. That's what I enjoy most, and that's what really drew me to this job. So uh, without further ado, I want to introduce our guest for today, Monica Burns. Monica is an educator, author, speaker, and edtech consultant. Monica has worked with educators on three continents, spoken at live events such as ISTE, South by Southwest, 
edu, and edtechx Europe. Her books have impacted thousands of readers. Be sure to check out her website, www.classtechtips.com. You can also find her on social media at Class Tech Tips. Uh, be sure to also check out her Easy Ed Tech podcast. And without further ado, Monica, welcome to the show. Please let the audience know where you're based out of and what your current role in education is right now. So I am a former New York City public school teacher, but I live on the other side of the river now in New Jersey, and I am a professional development facilitator, blogger, and podcaster, and author in the ed tech space. Nice. And what types of communities do you serve now in your current role? So most of my work is with pre-K-12 educators, although sometimes I get a chance to work with pre-service teachers as well. So most often I'm working with classroom teachers, instructional coaches, helping them figure out the best way to use education technology strategically to meet their curriculum goals for students. And what kind of impact do you hope to have in the future, in the long term. So when we look back, what are we going to say about Monica Burns? Oh, well, that's a big question, I guess. But uh, one thing, you know, that comes to mind is that, you know, I hope that my work makes the lives of teachers easier so that they can work, you know, smarter, not harder when it comes to bringing in digital tools into their classroom. I think that word easier is important to me because I know how much is on everyone's plate as a former classroom teacher myself who wore lots of hats and during my time in the classroom, I have the Easy Ed Tech podcast and an Easy Ed Tech club as my membership site. So that idea of making things easier is what I'm always trying to get at. No, and I think you're succeeding already. So uh, you're right on. If you could choose when to stop working and retire, when would you do that and what would you do afterwards? Gosh, well, you know, for me right now, having work-life balance is really important and I someone who runs their own business, right, and started their own business and is part, has that entrepreneurial spirit with the work that I do, it can be tough to kind of separate the two. So right now, you know, the past kind of year and a half, I think I've done a much better job of carving out time for half days or for days that are offline. And so that, you know, as someone in my 30s, right, that's kind of my front of mind when it comes to thinking about the future and the balance to make sure I'm setting myself up so that I'm not overextended. And if I am, you know, at a point where I'm closing down that laptop for good <laughs> and, and calling it in, right, from a retirement perspective, I think that I would still be involved in things that connect to students and teaching and learning. I am a former Girl Scout, a Girl Scout Gold Award, and think about you know volunteering in those kind of spaces that I haven't prioritized with my time now, but could see myself putting you know into a, a higher priority if I was retired. I'd say that's a really noble endeavor, and I don't think you can ever really take education out of a dedicated educator. So <laughs> uh, I don't see too many former educators truly retiring. They're just shifting their focus a little bit. Uh, what was a pivotal moment 
in your career uh, when you were directly in education before you got into your consulting work? One big moment for me that really set the course of what I do now came after we started using tablets, iPads in our classroom with students. This was early on with iPad adoption, especially in one-to-one environments. I taught in a Title I school. We received federal magnet funding, which helped support that work. But Apple Education was actually running an event in New York City where I was teaching and they knew that I had iPads and that I was excited about it and, you know, sending emails with questions to the local (laughs) folks in New York. And so they knew I was pretty active and enthusiastic. And so they asked if I could come to an event they were hosting one evening and talk to some teachers and just kind of tell them what I was doing in my classroom. They said, you know, just show off some of the apps you're using, no big deal. And so I showed up and there were about 300 people and a stage and a place for me to plug in my iPad. And I kind of got that feeling that if they had told me what was really up, I might've said no. And, you know, I don't, I'm now I'm very friendly with all those wonderful folks. So I don't want to make it sound like I was tricked into something, but that's kind of how it felt in the moment. But I just, you know, did what we all do, especially those of us who are classroom teachers and just kind of have to be up for whatever the day you know, presents itself with and have to be flexible. And in all those moments, I just jumped on stage and plugged in my iPad and just went through, you know, all the apps that I loved. And, you know, all of a sudden, 45 minutes later, you know, I'm stepping off of this stage and people are asking, what's the name of my blog? What's my Twitter handle? What's these things that I just didn't have answers to? And that was in early, early 2012. And then by May, I kind of said, "Hmm, maybe this is something. I can share, or maybe my perspective is different and could be helpful for someone else. And that's when I launched classtechtips.com in May of 2012. It's when I joined Twitter uh, from my blogger, you know, standpoint. And that was a real pivotal turning point as a classroom teacher to say, I have something special to share. And here's a space where I can connect with other folks who are excited about these things too. And I'm really glad you did that. It's so motivating to hear your journey. And (laughs) I can only Mm -hmm. imagine uh, not knowing you were going to speak in front of so many people. I know how nervous I get when I'm on stage and I know I'm going to do it. But at the same time, I could kind of see how it's a hidden blessing, not knowing (laughs) (laughs) until you were there, Uh, then you're just feeling that nervousness right up front. Oh, absolutely. Right. It's just so wild to think of right, what the difference is when you're walking into something that way. Yeah. And I also think it's pretty neat how just immediately people ask you tons and tons of questions. And I like that you admitted you didn't have all the answers. And I could just tell from uh, your voice that you sought those answers for those people. That's amazing. It it just fits in so much with what you do now. It was very fortuitous that you had that experience. Do you think you would be doing what you do now had you not done that? I don't know. I don't know if I really understood what was out there and available and what my options were in terms of sharing my story with a wider audience. I was, you know, in a position that I had been in for several years working, as I mentioned, um, before with folks that I was really 
know, close to that I loved working with. And so this was something that when I, you know, was able to create a platform, kind of see what opportunities were available. And then when I hit that seven-year itch at my building, when I was looking for something different to do, this became the answer to that, what am I going to do next question? I didn't find another school that I probably would have if I didn't have these options at that time. Instead, I decided to kind of branch off and have more of an independent role in education. And it's been extremely fulfilling. And I can't believe just how much time has passed already. Do you ever have like sit there and just pinch yourself and wonder if it's all real? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I am in a position where I've in the past, gosh, I don't, you know, I'm looking at the calendar right now. In the past three weeks, I've stood on the banks of the Missouri River where Lewis and Clark spent winter and first connected with Sacagawea. I've looked at the Hollywood sign in California and had dinner next to, you know, the White House after an event in Maryland. You know, this is all just in a couple weeks. And that idea of getting a chance to meet educators in all different states across the country is something that I'm very grateful for and is extremely humbling that I've had the ability to go to spots that I just never thought would be an option or something available for me to do. Wow. Way to seize those moments and appreciate them. Um, With being so busy, What is one workflow or productivity pro tip you would have for the audience? Yeah, well, systems are so important (laughs) for everything that you're doing. And for me, in terms of ease and efficiency, I really have kind of just I lean very strongly on Google tools, collaborative tools. I have some folks who will help me out with projects, being able to have that ability to invite them in to use a spreadsheet to keep track of all of my blog posts or upcoming podcast episodes, really that organization within a spot that I can access on my phone, that I can access on the web, or I can access from a device I borrowed from someone else is really crucial. Who are some people we should follow on Twitter? Oh, I love social media. Yeah. Yeah. So I follow a lot of people and follow a lot of hashtags also. So one great place to start in terms of finding people is the hashtag create edu. So a lot of people will share things that have to do with creativity in the classroom, which is one that I really love. I follow a lot of organizations like Edutopia for example, an Ed Surge, because uh, I'm interested in seeing what they pull together with lots of different educator voices. So those would be two places to start for sure. No, those are great. And speaking of Ed Surge, I just got an email recently that they're merging with ISTE. What do you think is going to come from that? They're both powerhouses in education. Yeah, I saw that come through my email first too. Sometimes I get you know embargoed news from different ed tech companies and I sometimes it takes away the element of surprise when uh, certain <laughs> announcements take place, right? I'm like, oh, I kind of saw that coming with so-and-so or I had a heads up about something or I'm under NDA somewhere and I already knew this, but that I didn't know. And so it's been on my list this week because that just came through to kind of check in with some of my folks who are more kind of in the ISTE network uh, than I am in terms of day-to-day and 
checking in, I probably know more people on the ISTE side than the EdSurge side. But it's something that I'm interested that, you know, NiceGate, which is New York State's ISTE affiliate, a conference I love and have been to for several years, I'm up with them. I'm presenting two sessions there right before Thanksgiving. So when I'm there, I'm interested in hearing a little bit more about what folks on the ground are saying. And what are a couple of edtech tools that you're really on fire about right now? So I've done some work with the Spark team, with Adobe Spark, and that's one that I love. I love Spark Video and Spark Page and Spark Post. So those are ones I'm pretty pumped about. I love Google Arts and Culture and the interactive street view maps for different places. Um, one that jumps out to me is the Colosseum where you can walk through. My sister is in Italy as we're talking now and was sharing some photos of her at the Colosseum. And I was thinking back to a couple of weeks ago where I was taking a group of people on a virtual walking tour of the Colosseum. So that's one that I'm really excited about too. And then this past year, I've done a few Skype in the classrooms with students. So even though I'm not in the classroom full-time as a classroom teacher, I do some coaching and I'm with teachers. I spend a lot of time with students in classrooms. And so we've been able to have um, experts from the Elephant Sanctuary in Tennessee, a place you can't even go and visit. They only do virtual stuff. And historians from Greece, right, talk about ancient ruins. And that's another one that I've been pumped about as well. What would be one last piece of advice you would have for the audience? I'm really excited about you know, how folks are sharing things on Instagram this year or the past couple years that I've been more connected in the space. That's a place that I would go to to see what people are interested and excited about, what they're trying out in their classrooms. But I think it's always important in those spaces to be mindful that this is a curated collection of positive moments generally. And so understanding that although, you know, there might be a frustrating moment or something that feels like a failure in your class classroom and you're going to these spots to gather ideas or inspiration to also acknowledge that not everything is perfect all the time. And sometimes we just get the highlight reel. And that's one thing that I love, but also try and use as a reminder every time I open up the app and I'm seeing what other folks are excited about. Oh, I think that's a great tip with social media and Instagram in particular. Hey, not everything is perfect all the time. Mm -hmm. You are seeing that highlight reel. And with that, I want to bid you adieu. And thank you so much for being on the show, Monica. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Thank you all so much for listening to Education Today. It is my sincere pleasure and joy to share out my connections and the knowledge of my guests. If there is someone or some topic like SEL, gamification, 3D printing, something like that, uh, that you would like to hear more about on this podcast, don't hesitate to reach out. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Mr. News Teach. That's probably the best place. You can also find me on the Anchor app and leave me a voicemail on there. If you do, uh, you may find yourself featured on the podcast. And like always, be sure to subscribe to this podcast, share it out with a coworker, and give Education Today a positive review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you, everyone. And remember, everyone, out here in this field of education, 
it's grind time. 